Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, the 30 Rock podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, linking to the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurks that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 31, episode 210 of 30 Rock, season 2, episode 10, episode 210. <laughs> uh, David, if you would, please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Kenneth gets addicted to coffee and then feels that he's been corrupted by the New York City lifestyle. Oh, no. Liz tries to buy an apartment and then accidentally sells NBC to a German television conglomerate. (laughs) And uh, Jack tries to balance his relationship with his business life. Yeah. Neither one of them go well for anyone. Um, This is the, well, as the title implies, the 10th episode of 30 Rock's second season and would be the last episode that airs before... The show goes on hiatus uh, and it returns. So this episode aired uh, January 10th, 2008, and it would not return uh, to regular airing until April 10th, 2008. So just about exactly three months. So yeah, and I bet they wrote, it almost could have functioned as a season finale if it needed to. So I bet it was written with the strike in mind and knowing that they might not come back for the rest of the season. Yeah, so that's a good way. I didn't never write it that way. Yeah, because right. it closes up some storylines. Yep. And yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, yeah, because there was only one main storyline with B. Jack's story. Right, well, close up that, but Kenneth kind of has a big character moment that yeah. comes and yeah. comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's almost uh, done in, within the, uh, the same episode. Well, it's done in the same episode, but uh, this, uh, do you, this has two unofficial titles. Do you want to guess what they are? I bet is one of them the... It's the city in Pennsylvania that begins with an H. Hack, hack and no. Sock and, no, no. I thought that would have been a perfect title. Uh, it was either going to be called Liz the Businesswoman or Coffee Plus TV. Oh, I like my idea better. I don't, but <laughs> I, don't know, I like Liz the Businesswoman. I think that one, even though it's a small part of the episode, I think that it kind of fits. Um, but yeah, uh, the biggest memory that I have of this episode, I kind of forget about it mostly, is really the last five minutes of the whole spoiler alert uh, cc and jack storyline ending and the midnight train to georgia song that's really the biggest memories that i have about this episode and there's like a lot of moments in here that we were like chuckling and laughing at and i do love the german stuff whenever it's on here because it's just like everything's so downtrodden but it's just like oh the sitcom is terrible and it's just i don't i like those jokes um, but I don't know, I didn't walk away from this episode really enjoying it that much. And if it was going to be the finale, it was kind of a lackluster finale, but I also understand what they were working with and for was, you know, a writer's strike. So, um, and there was no, that there are no writers shown at all in this episode. It's a really succinct episode in terms of players. There's only a handful of people. So it's a, it's a fun episode. Just, eh, I don't know. What do you think? Thoughts? It was pretty decent. I think I think it was better than that run of episodes a few episodes ago that were pretty boring. Like it had, well, I'm, I'm pretty boring. They they were not as good as as the typical episode of Thirty yeah. Rock. Uh, there were a lot of good laugh lines, and I mean a lot of plot development and character development. So yeah, I liked it. Okay, yeah, no, I uh, I liked it. I just think it's more. Seems like there's more visual gags in this one than um, oh definitely than dialogue or yeah verbal. So yeah, I feel I feel like there were more cutaways. Yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah, even though they were quick and small, yeah. But uh, any other thoughts before we hop in? Let's hop in. Let's hop in. All right. Uh, Get into the cold open and basically it's just setting up 
uh, Jack's storyline for what will be uh, episode 210. a moment he's finishing up with the germans the germans huh weird that he didn't tell either of you we're trying to buy the largest cable network in northern europe and if we do do that it'll be huge <laughs> what about your huge doo-doo they left us this air commission to buy on sir your 11 o'clock is here oh excellent lemon come on in oh no see your girlfriend first no liz please jack and i have to have boundaries i make appointments here in new york and i work around cc's schedule in washington mr donaghy what are we doing this evening uh, there is an 8 o'clock showing of Fred Claus. I feel like there's a little joke there that no one watches C-SPAN, but that's a joke that you could make then that you couldn't really make now because I feel like more people actually do watch C-SPAN yeah. now. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, did you ever see Fred? <laughs> I don't have much about C-SPAN. But did oh, you ever I've never see watched Fred? it. I have really? no idea. I'm trying to remember. That's the one with Vince Vaughn and... Um, God, the guy from Sideways, Paul Giamatti. Is that what Fred Claus is? Oh, I have no idea what Fred Claus is. I've never, I don't think I've heard of it. Why did you look I, so confused? I was talking about C-SPAN. Oh, we'll talk about C-SPAN. No, I did. That's what the, Did you not listen to the <laughs> joke I said? I said it's a funny no, C-SPAN. Oh. I got it. No, I don't have much to say about C-SPAN. No, neither, but I'm saying I think the joke was that she could, she could ask what his plans were on C-SPAN because no one cares. Like, now people are more into politics and watch yeah. C-SPAN randomly more, I think. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it seems like it's one of those things that's tweeted about all the time. Yeah. Lately. Yeah, in 2008, it was just like, eh. Oh, it's boring government yeah. stuff. Because Obama was taken over. We didn't need to worry about it. Not yet, yeah, not for another year. Because the election was at the end of 2008. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> Fred Claus. Fred Claus. I have no opinion of that. It just seems like a very squeaky clean movie. I don't know. I've never heard of it. Uh, I mean, I think the the gist of the synopsis is... Is it Santa Claus's brother, Fred Claus? Yeah, you got it! Paul Giamatti plays Santa. Vince Vaughn is the loser brother, I guess, of the family, and they have to reconnect. It's like one of those corny family holiday movies that, like, Vince Vaughn was doing wedding, wedding crashers, and I guess maybe to help his image, he had to do, like, a family movie. I don't know. No interest, and no one, everyone seemed to forgot about it, so let's move on. Okay, well, you were going to help me go over my finances. So I have a checking account. I am two payments away from owning my bike. Also, I have a star that my aunt named after me, although that was recently downgraded to a gas giant. So. I booked Gladys Knight onto the show. She's Cece's favorite singer. Um, okay. And now she's my favorite singer. Love. Lemon. Wanting someone to actually be a part of your life. I've never had that before. Oh. Buy real estate. That's the best investment there is. Real estate? No, that's something you do when you're married and you have a family. Sure, wait for that. Your first home will be in the floating city of New Chicago. Sir, your 1110 is here. Cece, I'm terribly sorry that last meeting took forever. I guess I shouldn't be surprised based off our what we've learned in the past about Liz's dealings or lack of dealings with financial, but like dealing a bike on financing a bike is so that we've funny. never seen her ride, so it's just like, where is her bike at? And also, just the concept of financing a bike, right? Yeah, it must be not that. I mean, not bike. that a good bike is cheap, but right, it's not. It doesn't cost the same as yeah. a car. <laughs> and it, I don't know. Like two is such a funny number. Like instead of like seven, 
Seven's not funny, but like say like I'm two months away yeah. from or two payments away from owning my bike is I don't know it's a, it's a funny funny joke to to land on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I I don't know much about real estate. I guess in New York though, you would be doing what she's doing, and you would buy like apartments rather than actual housing because. Oh, in me in, in Manhattan itself. I mean, a lot be, of it is high-rise yeah. buildings so there's yeah. not a lot of single-family homes on the island so but i mean also it's insanely expensive so i well of course if you're a showrunner you i'm sure can afford it but still or i should say a showrunner on a network show you can probably afford it but still it's not cheap not very many people can afford to buy real estate in manhattan which yeah well which is why it's basically now lots of millionaires and billionaires and foreign investors buying up space and building high rises and yada 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 as we saw in the episode uh, cleveland yes exactly we've come full circle um so then we come to the b plot uh and then, again this is a very succinct episode in terms of just it's two stories it's a and b and it's now we come to kenneth's story and tracy <laughs> rewards the studio with a coffee machine for something he think now might be a dream Okay, everybody, listen up. This cappuccino machine is my way of saying sorry for what happened the other day. Tracy, your father is here. My father? <coughs> okay, that may have been a dream. Anyway, enjoy. Okay. Studio 6H, this is... Look at those floors. I would walk all around inside of that. Hey, what's up? Are you looking at porn? I know a good site that's dirty without sacrificing story. It's by women for women. No, I'm looking at real estate. Jack got it into my head that I should buy something. You don't own any property? No, do you? I own my place here, my condo in Clearwater, and I bought some land in the Ninth Ward after Katrina. I'm leasing it back to the government as a prison. Dark. <laughs> yeah. But... Not far from the truth of I'm sure what some people have done yeah. to profit off of all that. They've probably done a lot worse. Yes. Yikes. I'm not surprised Jenna is one of them who's doing it. She, but I don't think she necessarily did it out of, like, she did it on her own. She probably was like, I want to buy real estate. Someone was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just do this. I see, like, I, okay. I, yeah, it sounds like something that she just has a really good financial advisor who suggested she do that. And she's like, okay. And yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the... Her, she mentions here momentarily that, you know, her real estate agent or whomever, he doesn't steer Liz wrong. And like the house that she's or the place she's trying to buy is nice. So clearly Jenna has someone on her team that is knowledgeable and at least relatively intelligent. Maybe her agent isn't so good about getting her yeah. jobs, but at least her real estate agent is like, yeah, you need a place out. But even it. Jenna owns real estate, but not Liz. And even Frank. And even Frank, his chicken ranch in Nevada. Nevada. I gotta get my act together. Even Frank owns that chicken ranch in Nevada. He thought he was buying a whorehouse. Look, if you're serious, I do have a lead. My business manager says he needs cash fast, so he's selling his apartment. It's gorgeous. Okay, I'll check it out. Oh, you're gonna love it. Oh, if you're interested, AJ's also selling a speedboat and a truck full of cigarettes. 
The machine is mankind's madness and disfigurement. Industry casters. <laughs> I can't watch any more of these German sitcoms. I think that's my favorite moment of the episode. Yeah. It's just, I mean, obviously it's it's exaggerated, but it's yeah. like also if you think of like a stereotype of a German take at a sitcom, that's yeah. That, that sums well, who's it up. the who's the director? The German director. Um, Which one? Or the near? Yeah, he's a documentarian. Um, I want to say Yul Brynner, and I know that's not absolutely no, that's an actor. not. No, but he's got um he's got a name that very German. Oh my god, I the can't. The only German director I think was Uwe Boll or something. No, he not like Uwe Boll. Movies. No, not him. Uwe Boll. Um, he was in an episode of Parks and Recreation when April and Andy are buying a house. He's the guy that's like fixing it up. What is that guy's name? <laughs> Werner Herzog. Oh, Werner Herzog. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of. Uh, Werner Herzog is clearly who they're going for with the the narration on all of these shows. Which is is that. That what German TV is like? It's just constant narration of how bad the world is, and well, judging by Netflix, nihilist. the German shows we get—it's all basically horror or horror, whatever dystopian stuff they do anyway. So, no, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of the equivalents of the Big Bang Theory or oh, whatever. I'm sure, I'm sure. I don't know. It would be kind of. Do, we don't have like is there a German there's got to be a German broadcasting channel right like, oh yeah say? it's uh I can't remember yeah like ARD or something is that'd that be that would be curious uh, curiosity to see like what they do consider like a sitcom like is it the same traditional multicam style is it you know like a modern family take you know just I'm kind of curious how like like all right so American and English there's a sort of rhythm to comedy, like different from like UK English, but like American English, there's generally like a rhythm that you can get. Uh, whereas like English, it may be like wordplay or just like it's, it's or uh, UK English, it's maybe like uh, puns or just awkwardness is generally what seemed to be perceived as more funny in like UK comedy. So like, I'm curious of like what German comedy would be. I'm trying to think of anything that I've seen that was like German related that was I can't say that yeah, I haven't really seen anything. There were some like French sitcom I was watching on Netflix and it wasn't like that different from any like higher end single cam comedy over here. So I feel like it's probably not that. I mean yes like there's I, I guess a different quote unquote sense of humor but mm-hmm. I, I bet you their most popular shows are not like insanely different from the kind of shows we have like i don't know i'm trying to think like yeah british shows do have a distinctive like focus on wit in a different way from american sitcoms but even then it's not like terribly removed like i mean there's a significant difference you can tell but it's not like you know it's not very very different so i imagine it's slightly different in that that same way just the the tone is different from what we would do but in as a as a whole thing it's not unrecognizable yeah know, like the I setup will generally be the same yeah. you know like you have your plots and they go from beginning to end they'll wrap up but like the timing might be a little bit different the themes might be a little bit different the general presentation might be a little bit different i'm just i would i'm kind of curious to see a german sitcom and see yeah i was trying to think because you also got to think like a translation like yeah. some words in america won't translate even though like there That's is great. sort of a similar root language it's still like just the way Germans interpret and we interpret, there would just be like a, a translation potential issue. Same with uh, same with like uh, like Asian stuff. Like I watch a lot of like Japanese stuff, and it just some of it like especially comedies don't work for me. Like it, 
then when people say, oh my God, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I'm watching, I'm like, isn't that funny? What's so funny about this? They're like, oh, well, it's based on a pun because in, in Japanese, the character means this, this, and that. It's like, well, that doesn't translate in the comedy. So to me, that's not funny unless you, like, you know three levels of things to mm-hmm. get it. And it's like, well, that's to me, that's not good comedy, but I could see why someone would like that. I don't know. It's just some things just don't translate well. So I'm curious if German language shows would translate in American yeah, easy. I, I know. I was trying to think of any German. It's interesting. Like Germany is a major economy and a major market. You think like, I mean, like a look, breakout hit that's been. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, there's that show Dark on Netflix, which is like kind of like a it's like a horror dystopian thing. But I, I'm just thinking like, I mean, there have been so many shows that have come from. I mean, obviously English speaking markets like UK and Australia and Canada, but just like Sweden, Norway, Denmark, what you know, Western Europe. But there's but there haven't really big any been any big German shows in the same way. Like there's so many, you know, like moody Scandinavian dramas and stuff like that. But there's never been a big German show I can think of that's really gained you think for a market that size, especially a market that is so I mean, most Germans speak English, so it's like friendly to being exported. I don't know, that's interesting. Yeah. So just a quick Google of like German TV. There was a listicle that was like the top eight. So number one was Tatort. Uh, crime scene was the translation. No, everyone loves crime dramas. Yeah. Law and order style. Then there's Verboten Liebe, Forbidden Love, which is like a drama, drama, drama. And then there's Danny Lewinsky that looks like a comedy. Um, and then there's, oh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. Uh, the translation is the face of, In the Face of Crime. Then we have Deschunding mit der Maus, the program with the mouse. That's like a kid's show. Oh, it's definitely a kid's show. <laughs> then you have Daughter-in-Law Wanted, that's probably a reality show. Stromberg, which I guess is the German take on The Office. And Wettendas. Want to bet that? So, so basically, like game shows, have, crime dramas, and comics. It doesn't sound that much different. It doesn't from, sound that much different. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it would translate. Um, I don't know. It just seems like, yeah, there hasn't been seemingly a big like like so the office was a big uk thing translated very well to the u.s uh i'm sure there was like wasn't um the weakest not weakest link but something like the weakest link was another german show that or not german show but a european i don't think it was just yeah well that's what i say like when it comes to reality shows and game shows a lot of come out of the netherlands like that's another country that like has left a big footprint like not necessarily like their versions of the shows but the formats that started there a lot have yeah. been turned into huge worldwide. Yeah, what's I, I, I'm curious of, of maybe seeing a German show and seeing how different or similar it may or may not be. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jack gets a call from Cece about meeting up. Hello? Yeah, I got your message. I really can't come up tonight. I got a mountain of work to do. But look, the president is only going to veto your crazy social programs. The founding fathers never intended for the poor to live into their 40s. Jack? I know it's my turn, but I'm swamped with this Deutsche Televelt stuff. If this is going to work, we got to meet each other halfway. Lemon, you speak German, right? I do. I spent my junior year abroad in Frankfurt. I partied so hard over there, it was crazy. So viele verschiedene Arten Spatzen. I love visions of young Liz. Like, uh, I think we'll get her again. We'll get a D&D uh, Dungeon Master Liz later on. And then we get the, uh, when she goes to her uh, high school reunion, we get to see more of 
high school is. I don't know. It's just so fun because it's just it's so out of the eighties. Just everything is so eighties and late or early nineties that it's just it's so silly. Again, another good visual joke that doesn't translate over audio. Yeah, no. Basically, Liz's wild partying was <laughs> is it taking photos of sparrows in a museum. <laughs> well, I have to. Um delegate some important work to you as part of the due diligence for the DTW deal. I need you to watch these German television shows and tell me what you think. Thank you. Now, CC and I are trying to meet halfway, which means balancing work and love and life. I honestly don't know how Kelly Ripa does it. Look at us. You and CC are meeting halfway. I'm going to see an apartment later. And the community center is going to stage my play. I have a thing. You notice before the coffee gets spilled on him, Kenneth is signing Jenna's oh, photos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a fun, uh, it's a fun little gag that's easy to miss if you're not paying attention. Um, I wonder if she pays him for that. Do you think? No, no, she he does not. He probably asks. If, to yeah. do it. he's probably like, please let me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Jordan, I cannot work with that machine at my desk. But you can have coffee anytime you want. I don't drink coffee, sir. I don't drink hot liquids of any kind. That's the devil's temperature, Ken. This is New York, the Big Easy. Live a little. Boundaries are made to be tested. That's why my wife and I stopped using a safe word. But I don't want to do anything I'll regret. Regrets are for horseshoes and handbags. So Tracy gets two jokes wrong there. Not jokes, but uh, uh, what, do you, what would you call bon it? mots. Sure, if you want to speak French, you pretentious jerk. Uh, the Big Easy, obviously, is Louisiana or New Orleans. And then uh, horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> yes, regrets are for horseshoes and hand grenades. Or No, 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 regrets for horseshoes and handbags. That's mixing like three different aphorisms. There we go. Aphorisms, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah, what uh, what is Kenneth drinking? Because that's not straight coffee, right? Is that like a cappuccino? No, it's a latte. Latte. Yeah, okay. I don't know anything about coffee. When did you? Uh, so you drink you drink coffee? Yes. When did you start? Were you a high school kid drinking coffee? No, it was yeah. post college actually. Post college? Yeah. Not even in college? No, not in college. No, because I didn't really. Because I was like, oh, I don't drink coffee. Stay awake, and then like I just kind of I don't know. At work a couple a year or two after I started working, I just kind of like there was a coffee big coffee pot that kept in the office, so it was like. I had, you know, a cup every so often then it just, I don't know, it just then became a routine, I guess. I mean, I only have like one or two cups right when I wake up. to the bean. Not really. I mean... Could you stop? Yeah. I mean, I would have to take caffeine pills for a few days to stave off the headaches, but I could probably wean off of it if I absolutely had to, but there's no point. I mean, it's, I mean, like I drink it black with like a packet of Splenda, so it's not like... I mean, as long as you're not loading it up with like lots of sugar and cream, like it, it, like a cup of coffee has like two calories in it or something. So, yeah. no, I mean, I have no qualms against coffee. It's fine. I like the smell of it. I mm. just, it's like to me, it's like beer. Like that, you have to like develop a taste for it. Mm. Well, you have to like not force yourself to I mean, drink yeah, it. You just a fine. I mean, if you're you drinking like. it black with nothing in it, then yes, like they, then definitely you would pay attention to what kind of risks i mean it's not all coffee the same like i mean there's a big difference in taste between you know just whatever folders you get and like right. a higher quality crafted right. coffee that you know you probably could drink with very little 
added to it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's still like it's a trial thing. You're going to have to try a whole bunch of stuff to see like what you want. I mean, I guess. Want. It's like beer too. There's there's lots of, you know what I mean? Like, right, you but can't I mean, just you say. Still, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's like you like if you start with Budweiser, you're like, oh, Budweiser, this is not good. And you might think this is indicative of all beers. And of course right. that's not. But then you have to like, there's like a million beers types out there. So you have to like taste a little bit of everything to try and find like what your palate yeah. likes. So it's just like, it is a bit of a trial and error. And it's not that that's necessarily like, oh, that can be expensive because you can pretty much taste just about any beer if you go to a brewery or not brewery, but bar. You say, hey, let me sample this or that or whatever. But it still is like, I don't know, when you when it comes down to like the social aspect and you're like everyone goes up and is like, I want this, this and this. And you're just standing there like, oh, I don't know what I want. It can just be like you not given to peer pressure, but it's just like just to move it along. I'll grab something and it may not be yeah. something that you like. But it's just like, well. I have to be part of the social uh, contract of of drinking something right. with everyone else. So this it's this weird dance. Yeah. Well, beer is I easier than coffee because now now there's so many different varieties. Like, I mean, if you have a general thing you know you like, like you know, if you like like a weedy flavor, there are plenty of weed beers. If you like certain fruit flavors, you know, there are lots of sour or fruity or ciders or, you know, I mean, yet, like, if, if you're looking at more standard things, like lagers and ales and IPAs and stuff, like, that is more, I guess, try and see what you like. But even then, I mean, you know, right, well, then it's just trying it. And I, I think that's the situation you said, by that point, you know, you kind of have go-tos. Like, you know, for example, like, if we go to Bruce and stuff, like, I like to try different kinds especially of like sours and that sort of thing but i have a go-to you know if i need to i can just get like a i found like you know basically like stella like that's like my go-to if i just need to order quickly and i need something and there's not really a there's sort of basic stuff like it's just you know like budweiser and cores mm-hmm. and usually usually stella's there but light i can go to if there's like if it's literally like the super basic like three types like i can do bud light but i mean which, and it's fine like that's something that i would normally get but it's you know I, I i think over time you just develop a you have a couple basics where if you're in that situation you don't you there's not a lot of choice or there's nothing to try you're like well this is an old standard that <laughs> yeah i can just get because i'm here like we're in a good location we've got a lot of places around us that yeah. sort of accommodate to a variety of things so even if i don't necessarily find something at one i can always go somewhere else and find generally something i can like and if not no big deal like it's not i don't necessarily need to be drinking all the time or anything anyway but i could find something so like we're in a good position, but like I'm just I'm just trying to think like the the outlier of like someone who lives maybe like the middle of nowhere and all they really have is just like one bar and the bar only has, you know, bud, cores, and I don't know, a third option and it's just yeah. like, well, I don't like any of this. In that Why case, hopefully they have wine or liquor. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> probably wouldn't have wine, I would imagine. Maybe liquor, but even still, they probably still only have like you know the basic stuff there, and you wouldn't be able to get anything too outlandish. I wouldn't imagine like you wouldn't be able to ask for something too crazy. I don't yeah, know. yeah, that's true. But I feel like it, I am. It actually is kind of impressive. Like a lot of breweries, I mean, places you know that they brew their own beer often do good choice in that they'll usually mm-hmm. have like a wine or two or like guest taps with like more variety than what they have on offer, which is pretty accommodating. Yeah, um, that's good. I'm just not a beer person. Same with coffee. I'm just not a beer person. It's just there's plentiful, you know, whatever. So honestly, I just really didn't get it. Yeah, and I mean, even then, like, I mean, that was only what like nine, ten years ago. But even then, like, the craft brewing scene wasn't. I mean, it was in its infancy, maybe, but it really wasn't. Yeah, but I mean, and not in Charlottesville either. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's been more the past, you know, 
five, 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 five to six, seven years where it's really started to yeah. take off. So. And we like those places, but you've seen one, you've seen them all. They all kind of follow the same template. Of oh, place. it is really funny. It's right. Exposed Gigantic, brick. Uh, exposed brick, open air. Garage, garage yeah, the doors, garage doors like, usually. And it, they're Chalkboards with... But once you see them once, you're just kind of like, man, they're... Yeah. There's a reason I guess these are so easy and popular because they're just an easy template to to, to follow and, and yeah. duplicate, which that's fine. Yeah, but it's but, just like yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, I guess the varieties in the beers they do because yeah, some places that's, definitely that's specialize. What's more in... really is is yeah, it may look the same, but if you can get a different taste or flavor, then that's that's really more important. But um, we come back and Jack and Cece meet up in Hawkesaw. Is that how you pronounce it? A small city in Pennsylvania that's exactly halfway between New York and D.C. Yeah, I don't think they actually say it. I think it's just written down. So it's just... They do say it? I think so. Because okay. I definitely remember it. I just can't remember what it was. I remember it with an H. And it was... I remember like, reading... They have it on that note or that yeah. picture. But I don't remember them vi- well, verbally we'll saying it. we'll find out. We will find out. But I don't know... You said you wanted me to meet you halfway, and this betting parlor in the Pennsylvania coal mining country is exactly half the distance between my office and yours. It's our special place. Well, technically, that corner is exactly halfway, but I'm not going over there. All my life, work came first. I missed so many weddings, funerals, karate demonstrations. Birthdays, Lilith fairs. But not anymore. You're my new night job, and I'm going to love you like my boss is watching. Say, what do you think they do for fun around here? Smack around a nosy out-of-towners. Also, we have a lovely doll museum. Yeah! I need to watch these DVDs, but I have a very important meeting. That's great! Now, I've heard you speaking German to some of your tours. Oh, yes, sir. If you're not reading the Bible in German, you're not getting the real Verstuckte Bedeutung of it. Okay, well, this is very important. You I are. need you to watch these shows watch it, watch and write it. a summary of each one. Mm-hmm. It's for Mr. Donaghy, yeah, and boy. it has to be done by tomorrow. <laughs> and I am delegating it to you. Your okay? last name is weird. Are you okay? Who wants coffee? Oh, Kenneth, he's had a taste. He's, and already, he's, he's already out of control. Addicted right away. But I like, I always forget this happens, but I like that Liz, not even missing a beat, because she has to do the apartment viewing and, and, and talk with the, the leasing office, has delegated the work to him. And she should have known better, like, just from that instance of, like, oh, this is going to be bad. Like, But, you know, she's she didn't realize how important it was, and obviously she chose buying an apartment over... Jacks, which I mean, if I were in that position, I'd be like, "This isn't my job. I'm not supposed to be doing this. This is way above my pay grade." But I also understand company. No, I would. No, I, I couldn't say that I would kowtow to to do it for someone else when it's their job. She needs to be serious about her life and buy some real estate. She doesn't have time to watch all these German sitcoms, seemingly wonderful German shows. But Liz gets to her board meeting. Board meeting? Leasing board? No, her, her interview. Her interview. And so so she, she, she's put in a bid on the apartment that they accepted it, but they still have a, they have a board there that approves anyone who can buy, mm-hmm. so she has to have an interview to see if she's suitable. Awkward. <laughs> and I don't know why I lied to you guys about having read that book. I'm just nervous. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I didn't read The Lovely Bones. <laughs> 
Did you read that book or see the movie it was based on? Neither. Is that a Peter Jackson thing? No. It. No. No. Uh, oh. Oh. Didn't sorry. He sorry. Movie? He might have you right. Sorry. I was thinking. I, th- I thought you were saying the author, who is Alice Siebold. Um, he might have done the movie. Um, I'm actually not sure, but that it, it was a, one of those books that just becomes a phenomenon. It was like a big book club book, but it's like weird and not very good <laughs> the climax spoiler alert for the lovely bones the climax is something it's been a long time since i've read now but the climax is something like that so it's it's a girl who dies and like then the book she like as a ghostly figure she possesses this girl's body and is it like <sighs> kills some dude or like rapes some dude like she gets murdered by someone but it's like she she basically she takes over this girl's body to like revenge whatever happened to her and it's like it's a weird strange like ending that is not i don't know basically it takes away she she possesses this girl's body or something so it's like this girl doesn't have the capacity to make decisions on her own that she possesses it's just it's a very weird ending and sorry i should say the basic premise is a girl dies and it's like her ghost basically telling the story of her life and what happened and leading up to it but it's just like it's just a strange for a book that became a phenomenon it's just such a weird ending that i think if it had been written closer today would not have ended that way because of how we're thinking about things like consent and things in these yeah. days. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds... Uh, I mean, I do remember hearing about it. I think, like, I was mildly interested just because it was Peter Jackson. But it was, just, I think, one of those things that just sort of slipped under the radar by the time it was coming out. And then I'd moved on from caring about it anymore. Yeah, um, I don't think the movie actually did great. Yeah, it doesn't look like it was critically... Uh, like, I think uh, Stanley Tucci got uh, an Academy Award nomination for it you could, I, yeah I think it was but it seems like the, the, the one review that I've seen about it um, they they suffered from abrupt shifts between horrific violence and cloying sentimentality which those are two things that are very weird and hard to balance in a movie so um, but it was uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mispronounce it and you're gonna be like it's actually Saoirse Ronan Saoirse Ronan yeah okay I got it yay yeah I think it was one of her first films um, mm-hmm. Or at least yeah. it probably was like one of her breakout films. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, I guess it was roughly around the time as the same time as Atonement, but I don't know if it was before. Or God, after. Atonement is so good though. Yeah. Also, based Atonement on book, did that, but a much better book. Than Atonement did that Romans. that style of like uh, questionable content. Um, or not questionable. It's unquestionable. Rape is not is never okay. Um, of like a really weird mystery uh, with a loving. Um, drama. God, I don't know, it's so good. It's just so long. It's like near three hours. It's so good, though. I haven't read the book. I'm only, <laughs> I've only read the movie. book. I haven't seen the movie. And I forget that Benedict Cumberbatch is in that movie. Spoiler alert, he's the rapist. Um, but the, ah, there's a really good scene in Atonement where James McAvoy, like, it's like a, not D Day, but it's like a post war, like a recovery moment. It's just like one of those, like, one long shot takes of them walking the beach. It's so good because there's so much it's just it's not simple like there's all these pieces moving and it's like god how much work did it take to make sure all of that went perfect for that one shot how many takes did they take oh it's so good i want to rewatch that scene now it's atonement is awesome can't speak to the lovely bones i guess we talked more about atonement than we did Oh. Lovely bones, but I don't. I mean, I, I really have no understanding of that. I, that, I mean, this moment passes. One of those books that's like a big book club and like general phenomenon for a time, and then it's a couple years later, and it just kind of the next. It, you know, it doesn't yeah, really. It, it doesn't have the Gone Girl. Yeah, appeal. yeah. Some do. They have like Gone Girl certainly didn't. There's some other books that Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades, yeah. Um, 
Pretty Rotations. Crazy Rotations. Crazy yeah. Rotations. Yeah. Well, especially because that's a that's a yeah that's a trilogy. So that's go watch kinda... that movie if you haven't seen it. It's so good. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Every it seems like every year there's like a movie or a, or a book rather that is just like I don't know. Hot on the press is the number one bestsellers, and it's just like okay, well, in two years I'll see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably not. If it's anything like Stephen King, I probably couldn't care less about it. Or I don't know who's that. Was it Ready Player One? Was that the big? Oh, thing Ready Player One. That was. But that well. That movie is apparently very divisive. Like you either really like the it. Book is t- the well. I haven't seen the movie. The book it's based on is like pure eighties fan service yeah. like it's like and that's the, what the trailers make the yeah movie look it's like. enjoyable but i mean okay i i don't want to denigrate it because i know a lot of people really loved it like i thought it was enjoyable but i i didn't think i like as a i don't know as a work of fiction i didn't think it was very good i but i thought it was enjoyable like i know a lot of people really love it and because it is like i mean it is very cognizant and convert and like conversational in it and like fluent in knowing like 80s pop culture and and presenting in a way that like makes it fun like literally like i, I don't know if the movie is different but the book is he basically to to you know to to get the money you know to solve it he basically solves solves this thing that's like a series of puzzles that involve 80s pop culture so it's like very you know i i i get why people enjoy it or whatever yeah. but i don't know it's just it's not that Good. Deep. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, like I haven't seen, I read or or seen the movie, uh, but I do remember there was this whole like just with anything related to nerdery when it's going to be made into a movie. There's this whole like fandom that that sort of comes out of the woodwork and lambasts it or says this or that about it, and it's just like you don't, you really don't have to watch it, and you have no reason to worry about defending it or upsetting people that want to watch it. It's just like if you literally just don't have to give your money to it. Yeah, it's not going to change your life anyway. Yeah, I would say honestly, it reminded me. It's, it's like I would say it's basically Ender's Game, but with video games and '80s pop culture instead of aliens. Yeah, and also not the underlying Orson Scott card ideology of. <laughs> We won't get into all that stuff. I don't. But, think, I don't think we'll ever have a, another opportunity to talk about Orson Scott. Yeah, I say. I mean, like, it actually, it's interesting because, like, I guess probably politically, it is the opposite because Orson Scott Card obviously is very like libertarian, conservative, and the under like Ready Player One he lives in this area. Exactly, too. And he lives in Greensboro. Yeah. Whereas Ready Player One is, you know, pro fighting income inequality and anti you know the one percent and things like that so it's like in that ideology it's different but in execution it's actually very similar in terms of the plot and like the kind of feelings it plays at and that sort of thing which is interesting yeah i don't know i just remember there was like all these moments from ready player one that were just like out of context and like oh you believe this guy write a book and it's just like he did more than you ever did i mean what's stopping you from writing a book i mean oh yeah i mean Listen, it takes skill. Like, obviously, you, I mean, yeah, it takes skill to write says, something like, that's popular like that. How like, could you write something like that? Yeah. Well, then you do it. Like, if yeah. you ever say, I could write a pop song, where is it? Right. Let's I mean, see it's, it. Right. It's not easy to write a book, and it's not, it's really not easy to write a popular book. So it's like, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, like, I mean, so, sometimes it's just, you know, maybe luck. Like, yes, he had enough, like, in that book, I remember before it came out, like, there was a lot of pre-buzz from the publisher, and, like, they did a good job of getting it out, marketing out to the right people to, to spread the word. So it's like, yes, like, it had the luck of a good marketing plan and having the right people praise it. But at the same time, it's like, 
Obviously, it's yeah. not easy to do or, you know, lots of people yeah, are doing that may it, not so. even, It probably wasn't even his first attempt. Like, he probably had multiple attempts to I'm get sure. to a publisher to say, yeah. hey, I've got another story, I've got another story, I've got another story. Like, it wasn't like he just... Some people do really get lucky. They submit one thing, and it's immediately picked up, and it's just like, okay, wow, I'm going to ride this for 20 years. And that's awesome. Some people aren't that lucky. Some people have to try really hard. But if... And, and one of my favorite Simpsons thing is they... Um, one character says... It's so easy to criticize, and one other character says it's fun too, and they're right. It is fun to criticize, but it's also it because it's easy. It's fun to criticize because it's easy, but it's, it's a lot harder to actually create something that people like, millions of people like, and then turn that into something to to make it a, a franchise or to make it an established property. Like that takes a lot of work, and there's obviously something there that's because for for it to go from a book. To be a best-selling book, to turn into a, where a movie idea or a script where people are bidding over something, there's something there. There's a reason for that. Whether it is just yeah. to cash in on a young adult, uh, the demographics that's hot right now, or because they genuinely... I mean, like Steven Spielberg, I couldn't imagine he would attach himself to something he didn't like genuinely think was good. Like I think he's missed a couple of steps in the last couple of years, but... I mean, Steven Spielberg, he's got his fucking clout. Like, he's Steven Spielberg for a reason. Like, he's not just going to attach his name to nothing. Like, sometimes it's something like Green Book. Anyway, no, I, I haven't seen that BFG. movie, so I can't. I can't that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one last quick thing I, I do want to say. Um, but I, I, you're right. Yes, you're right that pre producing creative work takes a lot of work. But at the same time, I also don't like how the opposite conversation as well. If you haven't, you know, written something yourself, you can't criticize. Because, like, I, I get it. Like, the stereotype of critics like yes you're a critic because you couldn't hack it in whatever field but it's like but if you think about it okay but they're fans I mean there are normal people who are consuming your work so it's like if you extend that opinion so if an average person who has no you know an average person who has no desire to you know so if they're criticizing you know I mean like they if they're saying something bad about your movie it's because well you couldn't do something like that so why would you criticize you know what I mean like I think I think there's a fine line of where people take it too far where it's like well you can't have an if you don't have a positive opinion about my work you can't have an opinion because you've never you know what I mean you've never been in this industry you can't but alright and that's fair what we do on this is basically criticize or or say oh this could be done differently we could do this this or that but no like we've openly said we are not writers we have no intention to write and we're like we're not sitcom people but we both have probably collectively 40 years, but individually probably 20 years of watching TV and watching the same kind of programs that we see the patterns, we see the tropes, we see everything and what makes a show good, bad or whatever. So when we started doing this podcast, it wasn't like, oh, we could do this better. No, it yeah. wasn't that. It was like, we both liked the show. Yeah. Right. And we wanted to share People just like, like talking about like their opinions. Yeah, and that's all that and it is. Fine. So if we criticize, we're not criticizing, saying, oh, they could do this better because blah. Like, I know we've often not, like, they could have done that a little bit better. They could have yeah. done this. But that's just, again, that's just an observation of like, hey, um, I've seen this this done better in a show done this way still the same joke blah 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 and again that's just because we've watched probably a hundred thousand shows of just the same idea and that's all like yeah again well i mean right i mean it's equally true that people who work within a certain creative field have experience and know like there are ways to do certain things in a way that someone who just you know criticizes what they're doing doesn't and it's and that is equally true that I mean, if you watch something, a piece of art, you're going to have opinions on it that you should be able to share. It's like, I, I think it's just sort of modern fan culture where it's like people have gotten so used to like social media where people just like praise them all the time that 
it's like, well, if you don't like the thing, you're a hater and, you know, you shouldn't have an opinion because you don't know one yet. I mean, it's just like, it's been taken to an extreme where it's like, it's just equally true that, yes, like someone who has the experience creating that art knows things in a way that certain, that people who don't have it, but at the same time, like they can express an opinion and that's okay. And absolutely, you know, like you're more than welcome to express yeah. any opinion, but that doesn't make it concrete and it doesn't make it the end right. all be all well, opinion that's on. what opinions are well i know but like a lot of people take it or well, i said my right. opinion no, and it's right and it's like well no that's your viewpoint though i mean you're you it's a whole my god there's a whole thing about opinions it's just yes you're absolutely insane in, entitled to say 30 rock is the greatest show of all time it's not i mean that's subjectively could you could if you, you think it is think it is that. oh my god we've gone so long <laughs> we've gone so long we've blacked out <laughs> how do we get from the lovely bones to the state of modern criticism <laughs> i have no idea um, no i know how we got there it's just funny <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah oh geez that was a rant so um, the lovely bones <laughs> lovely bones read it or don't read or it or don't but probably don't read it because trust your opinion <laughs> this moment has passed and it's not that great anyway this is empty <laughs> So, we have so much in common. Um, we're all white. Funny story, I was on a plane once with Brett Favre's cousin. It says here mm -hmm. that you still have an outstanding student loan. Yes, it is outstanding. <laughs> no, I can explain that. The theater program at my school lost its accreditation, so I thought I didn't have to pay for it anymore. Look, I didn't think I was ready for this, but I am. There's this connection that I feel to the apartment. And I am a great neighbor. Just ask anyone in my building, except Rahim. I turned him into Homeland Security by accident. <laughs> I love your building. There, I said it. Love. There's uh, something coming out of your nose. You were wrong. Raheem does pop up back oh, up. Oh, you're right. But just in a um, reference. But just in a reference. That doesn't count. <laughs> no, it counts. It's a fun allegory of like a relationship versus buying an apartment or buying a house. Like clearly, she wants to say that to a person, not just to the apartment. But this is the only outlet that she has. Uh, but Liz uh, back at work and checking in with Jenna to to see what she should do on the follow up. Jenna t calmly tells her, "Don't worry about it. They'll contact you." Uh, but she has to rush to meet the Germans who are a day earlier and Jack's not back yet. And did you know she was wearing the same outfit she was wearing from the pilot episode? Yeah, well, I, I, yes, I, I knew it was a familiar outfit, but I couldn't remember what where it was from. Yeah. When she first met Tracy, and that was the, the lower bush. That's right. Meine Herren, Herr Donaghy ist nicht in die Lagen, sich diese Vorkommen zu sorgen, aber ihre Geschäftsvoraussetzungen sind viel wert zu seinem Herzen. Ich fliege heute Abend nach Deutschland zurück und müssen die Telefon verspäten. Es gibt keine Zeit für Ambivalenz. Was ist Ihr englisches Angebot? I think they're gonna walk. Wir haben ein Abkommen? Ja, wir möchten die Firma verkaufen. Wirklich? Verkaufen? Das ist was er wünscht, Herr Donaghy. Super! What happened? I just bought a German television studio. <laughs> and we come back and Kenneth, I wouldn't even say it amused, but his... Uh, He's drunk on coffee. He's drunk on coffee and uh, the source must be taken away to, to save him. 
I'm getting rid of the machine, Ken, for your own good. No. No, please don't do that. Come on. I'll make you feel good. Get a grip. Look at yourself. What's happened to me? You rolled the brown serpent. But the important thing is you survived, Ken. No. I made two promises to my mother before I left for New York. One, if I found any Mackenzies living up here, I would kill them. And two, I would not let this city change me. So you had a little bender. It's not just the coffee. I also went to a PG-13 movie. I, I bought a pair of sunglasses. I tried a Jewish donut. I'd always been told that New York was the 21st century city of Sodom. And look what's happened. I've become one of them. I've been sodomized. Wait, so how is buying sunglasses crazy? Am I missing something there? Huh? I mean, Maybe but, God is supposed to say you're not supposed to protect your eyes. Whatever the sun does to you is... You cannot, you, you cannot augment your eyes from the realities of the world, and sunglasses maybe. change how you see. I don't know. I don't know. Pilgrims get to wear those... Ha- not pilgrims, idiot. Uh, Amish. God. <laughs> they're close enough. <laughs> uh, but Amish, you have to wear hat or get to wear hats, so I don't know. Maybe they're... Oh, it's, it's probably just a silly joke no i know, I know but uh, but i wouldn't be surprised if there's some sect out there is like yeah you can't wear hats or you can't do this relatively everyday normal thing oh and we've ate a jewish donut Ugh, bagels are the worst those are what bagels are right no mm-hmm. jewish donut i assume you meant like a jelly like i feel like it's like a like a jellyful donut is like the is that really i think so I mean, I feel like that's like a... I thought, I thought the joke of a Jewish donut was it's a bagel because it's round and has a hole in it. Oh, you're right. I'm right. I think you're right. Oh my God, Archie, I'm right. Yeah, I was thinking it looks like, I feel like, like jelly donuts are like really associated, I feel like, with like Jewish things, but you're right. I bet that's the joke that, yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah, is yeah. that stereotype? I don't know. I just feel like it's a thing. Jews are always having, we're always having jelly donuts. Anyway. Yeah, now you're always having bagels and cake. No, you're definitely right. You're def- that's definitely a joke. Wow. Woo-hoo! Good job. I did it. So, uh, such a good, there's so many good scenes. I know we talked about, this is a lot of visual scenes, but there's also there's some really good scenes. Uh, this particular uh, bit is from, I think, 11 o'clock, or no. Um, I think from like basically once Liz gets home to when she has to go to work the next morning, she's just constantly calling the co-op board, wondering why is it still for sale when you've accepted my bid. It's it's a lot of really fun bits, and we get a Lana's Morissette song in there. Hey, it's Liz Lemon. This message is for the co-op board, I guess. This is the number you gave me. I hope it's not fake, because you accepted my bid and I haven't heard from you. But I'm doing great. I bought a German television studio today. Does everyone know that you're a bunch of liars? Or should I tell them myself? Because I know a lot of people. You know what? I'm fine. Because I know who I am. You. I feel sorry for you, co-op board. I am going to the hospital. And I hope you're happy. I'm just confused. It seems weird to me that you would still be advertising the apartment after you accepted my offer. And I am here to remind you! And you know what? I've moved on. I bought a whole bunch of apartments. I bought a black apartment. Uh, that last joke, I get it. And 
I don't know. I probably thought it was funny back then, but like now it's just, I don't know. It's such a hacky joke to use. And again, we're continuing with the whole like dating allegory metaphors of, you know, Liz being offended that she hasn't been called back or whatever. But I don't know. That joke of, oh, I bought a black apartment. It's just like, I don't know. It's just so. Yeah. It's just so old. It's so old hat that it's just like, yeah. But again, this was 2008. You know, that was still, I guess, a fresh kind of joke. They weren't. They weren't progressive on race yet back then. Well, clearly not. Liz is not. You know. But um, I the the first bit of that scene of like, yeah, this uh, this is the number you gave me. I hope it's not fake. I never, ex- I never explicitly said that. But I have like when I was doing like the okay Cupid and Tinder dating stuff. Um, we would message on the the apps, and then you know occasionally we might exchange numbers later on. And there was one instance where we went out on a date and, you know, like I was contacting, so like, hey, is there going to be like a second date? No response. And I was like, and I was like, well, that sucks. But then like, I don't know, I guess frustration ultimately led me to like, hey, so what's going on? Like, I mean, oh, it was really Lord. bad. It was really bad. Oh, I'm not, Lord. I'm not saying it was Oh, you didn't call up and started singing Atlanta no, 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 no. I never called anyone. It was all text. But I was just like, because my mindset is like, hey, I'm, I have no problem never talking to you again. But like, I my, need closure. No, 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 no. It's not even closure. It's like just clarification. Like, hey, so did I say or do something wrong? Not Can you please give me feedback? Yeah, like, exactly. No, no, no. no that's not funny. It's not funny because it's like, yes, you want that because that's how you're going to grow and be better down the line. Like, that makes sense to me. That's not so. What could I have done better on our date? Exactly. No, if I said or did something wrong, like, hey, let me know so I know not to do it with the next person. How's that funny? That's That's a logical question to ask somebody. Don't you ask that with a partner? You say, hey... Did I do something wrong? And they say, yeah, you did this. Don't do this again. Yeah, why but if you go on a date and they don't respond, you right, ask me so for a second date and he's there, you're going to say, could you please give me feedback why would on what easier, I can do better on future dates? Why would it be easier for a stranger to tell you that? Like, Stop. hey, yeah, you'll never see me again. So here's what you can and cannot do. I'm sorry. Forward. If That's you were to date you and they texted you for what can I do better, you you would... Yes. You, like if, if you did something that was like, yeah, there's a reason I'm not contacting you. I'd be like, yeah, well, you know... You said this. You you maybe did this. You yeah, like it's just no. It's, the acceptable response is criticism. It's just feedback. No, the feedback is that I mean no. Obviously, in a perfect, it just didn't connect. What I'm hoping for, but um, yeah. But then, also, but just wait, say that. But also, just that, say but that. that is, it, whatever you even quote unquote. I mean, usually, I, it's probably something like I just didn't feel like you know we had a connection. That's just say that. Is. Why can't Why? you just say that? Because I feel like them not responding is clearly the answer. It's not because that, but that's not a satisfying answer. Who cares? Why do you need to know? It matters because it's just like yeah. For I mean, like, but if it's a totally subjective thing, then it doesn't because, matter. Because when you have those people that like ignore and don't give answers, I think that is also what can contribute to those people that really go crazy and start like uh, just assuming like all women are like the the bagel guy. He's like all women. And so so people, people who don't get feedback on dates, they didn't no, like no, your response for turning saying, people into incels. I'm not incels. saying a generalization, I know, I'm but I'm saying, hyperbolic. I'm, I'm saying that that can potentially lead to people then But that's the problem with the person who becomes way. radicalized, not the person who's not giving you feedback right, on but, a date. But if you're dealing with someone who's maybe not that mentally sound and become radicalized that easy, rather than blowing them off and never saying another word to them, at least being 
uh, honest with feedback as as much as it may or may not hurt that person is going to be more beneficial to that person down the line than complete ignorant or uh, like ignoring and never saying anything. Okay, well that sounds insane to me, but that's your opinion, so good for you. And as we just learned, opinions are concrete <laughs> and they're the best. No, I in my head I know what I'm saying. It makes sense. But anyway, <laughs> I think I know what you're saying too. It just doesn't sound like necessarily even healthy human interaction i think it absolutely is healthy okay well what if someone is very honest and that makes you feel even worse okay then then all it was words and it's like you just like okay like that's tough to hear but now that i know that i know not to do it for the future it hurts don't be ugly but is it going to be any more hurtful than them never contacting you again for no reason probably not i say they're probably probably on the same level depending on what they say i don't know i just think i don't think anyone would be that mean i think some i I think in that case you already know they're not interested so there's no point right but like just let me know like what was it i mean yes like ghosting is bad like you can just say like you know i'm you know i had a nice time but i'm not interested yet yeah that's fine i've done that Yes. I did it. I was, I was like, right. hey, I don't well, think Right, but out. that's fine. You don't, I mean, I, I don't know. But you don't need feedback on what you did or I don't think it needs to, I, to I, don't, I don't, and I don't think I said this. I don't think it needs to be a requirement, but I think like if someone asks you and you want to provide that information, I think that's better than just ghosting and never talking to that person again. I think just anything is better than nothing, but. I guess I'm in the minority on that. So, and I know I'm in the minority on that. I know, like, there are ton. I mean, not just men, but I know women have a way worse time on dating sites than men ever will. Um, and they probably get twenty messages, twenty times messages any guy gets on any dating site, and they simply don't have the time to reply back to everyone. And the message they receive back when no one replies to them is way worse than than anything you could imagine. Um, Could you please give me feedback on my message so I might get an answer next time? Was my spelling wrong? Was I grammatically correct? Yeah. Anyway. But we come back and the fallout of the buying and or selling of the German television studio come to light. Liz thought she bought a German station, but she did not. She was so close. Yes, sir, but I think if you... Lemon, how do you say buy and sell in German? For Kaufen and Kaufen. So close. Other way around. Oh, yeah. I always got confused by that. Blurg. Yes. Blurg. But it's a misunderstanding. Perfect. I'll just tell Don Geist that I let a subordinate with an unaccredited theater tech degree do a billion-dollar handshake deal while my girlfriend and I showered together at a Red Roof Inn. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. No, Lemon, it's my fault. I lied to you. About what? All this time I've been telling you that we can have it all. Success and happiness, the big office and true love. Wait, we can't? No. Because they both require everything of you. You have to choose. So which are you going to choose? Excuse me, could you turn off the race announcer and put on some Gladys Knight? And what is the champagne situation here? Okay, thank you. What are you still doing in Washington? I can't come to Hawkinson, Jack. I'm afraid if I see you, I'll change my mind. Change your mind about what? When I was with you the other day, I missed the vote on a bill to legalize recreational whale torture. And the, the very subtle joke there was says 
the sponsoring the bill were Lot Specter, who are Trent Lot and our own Specter, mm-hmm. who are well, I mean, I guess Lot legendary dead, right? southern southern senators who let's just say they were very important in their party and advanced a lot of legislation and were big leaders, but were also not the best. Was Trent Lott the open racist? Yes. Yeah. I mean, both Lott and Spectre. I, Warren Spectre? Or no, Warren, Arlen, Arlen, Arlen Spectre, Arlen. yeah. Warren Buffett, I mean, I a lot both just not great when it comes to racial things. Who was the guy? In racial progress. Maybe, maybe it was Trent Lott. Wasn't there like some other old guy on the Supreme Court that was openly racist around this time? It might be Trent Lott who I'm thinking of, but he was on the Supreme Court. On the Supreme Court? Well, I mean, there are very conservative people on the Supreme Court. Like, I mean, Scalia, but maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I, I don't know. If, I, think it was I don't know if, like if they were like seen guy. as being racist in the same way, especially like people like Lot and Spectre. It must have been Lot. Yeah, he was a bad person. Anyway, but a funny, subtle joke for Thirty Rock. <laughs> we only have one speed, Jack. That's what I love about us: the drive, the ambition, our belief that sex is a competition. It's what we have in common. And it's why it's impossible to pull this off. No, no, you're wrong. It is possible. I know we can't do all of this at full speed. We have to choose. And I choose you. Oh, Jack. Oh, come on. Get in that ridiculous electric car of yours and get up here. Look, we are both at a place in our lives right now where we can't really spend this time. And that's not all that matters. When I was a kid, I was raised in a pretty religious household. And I remember the one time... You know, I think it goes back to my mother's mother. She was in a loveless marriage for 40 years. Yes, sir. Well, I agree. But if we look at the larger trend, well, I'll have it for you first thing in the morning. Thank you. Children, so? Do you agree or not? Oh, boy. Uh... When you think about it, there's really no answer. Did you take another call while I was talking? Yes, but never forgetting that you were on the other line. For whatever it's worth, Cece, I do love you. Me too. But we can't do this. Maybe in another life we'll get it right. Sure. In another life. Sad. He was going to propose. Was he going to propose? Probably. Well, he had to bring the flowers and he had the that's champagne true. situation and Gladys Knight playing. So that's I true. mean, probably would. I yeah. assume. I guess like we never saw like a ring case or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we come to the finale and we're gonna play just the setup and then over once we're done wrapping up, then we'll actually play the entire song because the song's actually really good. Man, I love Midnight Train to Georgia. It's such a good song. So good. Um. So we come to the end. And basically, this song helps. The song helps wraps up everybody's story, um, and it'll happen in the song. So we should probably talk about it now. Um, but the the line that Jack gives to Liz about, you know, you had the same situation basically at the end of last season, which would have been if this was going to be the finale, would have been perfect mirror of you know you chose career over Floyd. It's like, oh, that's that's pretty good line. Good line, guys. Mr. Jordan. I just wanted to thank you for everything that you've done for me. It's been an honor being your friend and learning about the non-reproductive aspects of human sexuality from you. But this is goodbye. I let my mama down, and I'm going back to Georgia. What? No, you can't leave, kid. Who's going to help me tell white people apart? And what about our tickets to spam a lot? 
And who will be my wingman at speed dating? Oh, Grizz. I'll miss you most of all. That's a Wizard of Oz reference. Oh, uh, Tin Man, I'll miss you. Yeah, okay. I think so, yeah. 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 Also, all that Gladys Knight talk was a big foreshadowing of yeah, the final number. Yeah, I, I remember the first time watching it, I was like, man, they keep name-dropping Gladys Knight. Is she actually going to be in this? And I think it could have been one of those things where like they really wanted to get her on and they weren't sure she could actually come. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting her to actually... And she, she pops and up right she, at the yeah, end for a while. she doesn't do anything outside yeah. of just having like a quick cameo. She doesn't sing or anything. But yeah, like for her to actually come on for five seconds of screen time, it's like... You go, Gladys. After they finish singing her song. After they finish singing her song. So again, we'll we'll play the the song because it literally leads right into the credits uh, at the end of the episode. But uh, that's episode two ten. Uh, episode two ten. Episode two ten. We talked about lovely bones <laughs> and the ideas of opinions and the idea that you should get feedback after a blind date or any sort of date or um, should not. You should. I think is. I think that's where we landed on that. Um, it's where you landed, but it's also where you started. It's where I stand. Uh, I don't know. No growth. No character growth. <laughs> Talking about this episode, like I think I like it more than I did just watching it or uh, better memories of it. But I know by the next time I come around watching 30 Rock, inevitably, it'll still be one of those episodes. I'm just like, oh, yeah, it has the Midnight Train to Georgia bit. And everything else is kind of like, eh, okay. Like, it's a good episode. Um and if this was indeed going to be the finale, even though, like, you know, this does look like, oh, no, Kenneth is gone and he's not going to return. Obviously, he comes back at the end of the episode, but it would have been a good finale for the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we've got coming up is Milf- we return with The Milf next Island, episode is an all-time classic, which Milf Island. I think might be one of the best episodes of the season, if not of the entire show. Um, but before we get into that, let's finish wrapping up talking about this one. Any uh, final thoughts we have on... Uh, episode 210 I learned that Jewish donuts are bagels <laughs> I'm not 100% sure I think I'm you're not, right I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure you're right I'm pretty, pretty sure you're right, sure you're right. Cause it, Cause I mean it sounds like I feel like the jelly donut thing is like a niche thing and, I, and I'm not well I'm not making it up that Jewish people really like jelly donuts but I might be over uh, overestimating how much is known as a Jewish thing so you've, you're probably right about that that's gotta be the joke actually you might we might be both right I think in the instance of what Kenneth is saying, he may be referring to a bagel, but uh, in Israel, they have something called a suguvnaya. Suvganyot. Suvganyot. Oh, so, so, suvganyot. Which is a round jelly donut eaten in Israel and around the Jewish festival of Hanukkah. It's yeah. a donut deep fried. I, 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 I know that. So maybe that's what he's referring to? Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it just seems like because like New York has bagels and... Kenneth is a guy not He's, from yeah. New York. It just seems like bagel is what they're trying to say. Well, that's got to be. Because, I mean, right. If you're... Suv Ganyo. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But if you're just... Right. But if you're a normal person, like, I guess bagels are associated as being a Jewish thing. Like, you would you would necessarily... You would think of bagels more than jelly donuts. So, right. that's... I mean... Maybe it's a smarter joke than I'm... Maybe it's I'm a double on. entendre. It's whatever. Either interpretation. No, Absolutely. it's... But I'm pretty sure it's the bagel <clears> thing. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Nope, Aside that's it. from what we learned. All right. Um, this episode did get an Emmy nomination for uh, Best Sound or Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Comedy Slash Drama in the Half Hour and or Animation section. So uh, probably cause that, I but, thought I heard Edie Falco got nominated for this one, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that yeah, it was Sound Mixing that 
Usually, like at the Oscars, that's where the musicals get nominated. So I bet it's because of the, the number at the end. That's it's why. a good number. Yeah. They do a good job with it. And there's a moment, and I can't figure it out. Well, there's two moments. There's one when Tracy Grizz and Dotcom start singing, where they they walk off screen, and the camera cuts to these two dancers eating donuts, and they look like dejected or donuts or Jewish donuts. Maybe a little bit of both. No, look, uh, they, they, they buy straight in, so I hope. I mean, that would be a weird way to eat a bagel, but um, again, you do you. It's such a weird scene. Like, I can't figure out why they focus so much on that. And then when they come back and they start singing again, and Jenna pops in and she basically takes over, Tracy just has this look on his face. He's like, how? Like, he's just so mad that she's stepped in, but he doesn't do anything. Like, he still, he still keeps singing. But it's just, it's so weird. I can't figure it out. Because no one else, like, Grism.com don't look mad at her. So I don't know if, it, like, he's mad that she's horning in on the song or, I don't know. It's so weird. It's just a weird facial reaction that I continuously have in that scene. That, I mean, it doesn't take away from anything. Because it's still, it's still a fun bit through the episode. But uh, if you're all wrapped up, I'm all wrapped up. I guess we will call it a wrap on episode 210. As we look forward to three months from now, so happy November when you'll hear us again uh, when we come to Season 2, Episode 11, MILF Island. So if you like what we're doing, you can uh, like us, review us, rate us, and all that fun stuff on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what we're doing, you can donate to our coffee, ko-fi.com backslash go to there. And we will see you next time. David takes out. See you next time. New York mm, proved too much for the man. Too much for the man. He could make it. So he's leaving the light. He's come to know. This is Charlotte. She's uh, buying the apartment. Congratulations. If you blow out the kitchen wall, you can make a very nice breakfast nook. Sorry about Cece. Thanks, Lemon. Wanna get drunk? No, there's too many phones in here. You should have gone for it, you know? You made the same choice that Cece and I did. You chose your career over Floyd. That midnight train to Georgia. Miss that midnight train. Woo woo. There's an 11:45.
And I was misinformed about the time Misinformed about the time Didn't even get to stand in line Yeah, I missed it Nothing, Gladys Knight. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> what about your huge doo-doo? 